For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Leela Siskind. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover Princeton's town council meeting, the Princeton Language and Intelligence Initiative's funding, West Virginia's new bill on abortion education, and a medical strike in South Korea. It's Wednesday, February 28th. Yesterday, Princeton's town council convened for a meeting. University President Eisgruber was among the attendees who spoke. To learn more about the meeting and its outcomes, I sat down with Christopher Bao. My name is Christopher Bao, and I'm an assistant news editor at The Prince. Could you please summarize what happened in the town council meeting for me and tell me what the outcomes were? So there were resolutions passed and ordinances passed, but the other major event that happened was that the graduate hotel and the people managing that project asked for an extension. Currently, because of ongoing construction, the Chamber Street will sometimes be closed and there will only be one-way drive-through, which affects some people's commutes and also impacts local businesses. And though this project was expected to finish earlier, in March even, this extension would make it so that the project would finish on May 16th. The reason for this delay was attributed to quote-unquote structural issues, and the representatives from the Graduate Hotel Project said that they recognized the inconvenience, but also emphasized that they would likely not be able to complete the project any sooner, and this extension was granted by the council. Thank you, and could you please tell me a little bit about President Eisgruber's contributions towards the meeting? President Eisgruber spoke at this annual town and gown meeting, and he talked about a variety of topics in his opening statements, most notably focusing on the importance of furthering diversity, equity, and inclusion in the midst of some tumultuous times in higher education. And then afterward, he was asked some questions about affordable middle housing, the town and gown relationship moving forward, the support for public schools, and possible contribution to a community center. And he responded quite positively to most of these initiatives, indicating that he would be open to collaborating with the municipality moving forward. You can read more of Bao's reporting at dailyprincetonian.com or via the link in our show notes. In campus news, Princeton Language and Intelligence Initiative, PLI, has awarded almost $800,000 to 14 research projects that use artificial intelligence and large language models. A total of 27 projects spanning 20 departments applied for funding and were evaluated by PLI's executive team. The funding comes just months after PLI's launch in September of last year and will be used to help AI-based research projects in the humanities, social sciences, natural sciences, and engineering. Funding must be used by August 31, 2025. In an interview with the Daily Princetonian, PLI's director, Sanjeev Arora, said, quote, We should be supporting research going on in other disciplines, and people are very hungry to use large AI models in their research, unquote. In national news, The West Virginia Senate greenlit a bill yesterday that would make a video on fetal development produced by Live Action, an anti-abortion group, required in public schools. To be shown in 8th and 10th grade classrooms, Baby Olivia is an animated video meant to visualize fetal developments in the womb occurring throughout a pregnancy. West Virginia is not the first state to screen the video. Some schools in North Dakota are already using the video, and similar bills have been proposed in Iowa, Kentucky, and Missouri. 
The Baby Olivia video has already received criticism for its alleged misinformation. These criticisms center around the video's referral to a heartbeat at six weeks. At six weeks, a human embryo is not yet a fetus and does not have a heart. Abortion has also been a topic of discussion at Princeton recently, as groups such as Princeton Students for Reproductive Justice have become increasingly popular in recent months. In international news, South Korean junior doctors are going on strike after the government's push to recruit more medical students. The South Korean government plans to raise medical school's admissions caps with the hopes of managing an aging population. Junior doctors oppose the plan, arguing that it would increase competition and potentially lower pay. As of yesterday, approximately 9,000 interns and residents have stopped reporting to work. The walkouts have led to major shortages of staff and the cancellations of planned surgeries, as well as other treatments. Spine surgeon Park Jiong said senior doctors will likely join the walkouts in the coming days, which would, quote, virtually collapse the operations of those hospitals, unquote. Doctors have been given until Thursday to suspend the strike or face prosecution and license suspension. Campus discourse surrounding pre-med has also been prevalent recently, as yesterday marked the 60-day deadline for students to enroll in the April 27th MCAT exam. Today, you can expect rainy conditions, with a high of 62 and a low of 38 degrees Fahrenheit. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Navan Demija, Hallie Graham, and me. Sound engineered by Vitus LaRue, and produced under the 148th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, Class of 22. For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Leela Siskind. Have a wonderful day.